0: All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that as we're here this morning just trying to learn more about our faith, uh, trying to learn more about um, just what prevails this world, trying to learn more about false gospels, all these things, Lord, we do by your power and your grace to, to help us to understand. So Lord, we just ask that you would be just here this morning. God, more so helping us to understand these truths. We confess that we cannot understand these things about you apart from your beautiful Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you teach us this morning? And God, one thing that's been on my mind with this study is just, I understand um, by teaching on this topic of unsaved Christian that in a sense, I'm putting our our sheep at risk of maybe falling to the side of a pharisaical Judgment and god. I just pray that that does not happen to our people god that we would be humble as we approach this topic Because it is one that needs to be approached but lord. Would you just protect us from pride? God help to reveal our own sin in our own hearts and areas that we need you in this and in Jesus name we pray. Amen Okay, if you didn't get a note sheet they're on the table there, um We're gonna start off reading this 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 these few paragraphs here on the first page sorry for the small font but I had to fit it all on one page for you so Um, but this is a great intro for our lesson this morning the life of a typical cultural Christian family all right Brad and Sophie camp are by most standards good people they do things as a family and try to keep their kids involved in various activities they are considering trading their SUV for a minivan something Sophie said she would never do They try their best to have dinner as a family when the kids' schedules permit it. And when the family dinners actually happen, they always hold hands around the dinner table and say the blessing. When it's her turn to pick the prayer, their four-year-old daughter always picks the Johnny Appleseed song. Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun and the rain and the Appleseed, the Lord is good to me. She learned this prayer at her faith-based preschool, where she goes twice a week while Sophie heads to the gym for her yoga class. On Facebook, a recent family photo on the front steps of a church building has more than 100 likes and dozens of comments about their beautiful family. The day before, they had gone shopping to get the girls new matching dresses for church. The nine-year-old wasn't thrilled about having to match her baby sister, but Sophie told her she could change clothes as soon as they got home. Does that sound familiar, parents? (laughs) The camps are in their mid-30s and go to church only about once every three months because they are just so busy. The extended family on Brad's side has a beach house, and they try to get down to it for the weekend whenever the weather's nice. It's also a real hassle to get all the kids out the door on a Sunday morning. Miraculously, they are able to get everyone ready for school each morning, but nobody has ever brought that up. When they're in town, they try hard to be at church because it means a lot to Papa and Nana, Sophie's parents papa is a third generation member of the church and is taught in the same adult sunday school classroom for 30 years he sings in the choir every now and then but doesn't like some of the new music they've been doing since the church hired the new guy <laughs> papa serves on several committees at the church and never misses a sunday nana's entire social life revolves around the church and she is always so thrilled to see the grandkids there so she can show them off to her friends she and the other ladies teaching sunday school tell the girls that they changed their mom's diaper in the nursery when she was a baby. Church is a good thing in the camp's eyes, especially for the kids, since it is a place where they learn good moral lessons. And when they finally do make it, they admittedly feel good about themselves, and it gives the kids a chance to wear their monogram church clothes. <laughs> Being seen as the family that doesn't take the kids to church would be embarrassing to Nana, and the passive-aggressive comments at family gatherings would be unbearable. Even when the camps lived in a different state for Brad's jobs, Nana would ask Sophie every Monday on the phone whether she took my grandkids to church. It drove Sophie crazy. Now, being back in the same town, she can't even lie about their church attendance. Attending a different church than Nana and Papa's in the same town would be worse than not attending at all. Plus, the experience is comfortable. During the worship service, the new minister speaks for 20 minutes about loving others, Jesus is portrayed as a great example of this since he helped the poor. The church's Habitat for Humanity ministry gets a shameless plug. The pastor doesn't talk about sin, repentance, or the blood of Jesus, but gives a very inspiring message, as usual. After church, the camps always head to Papa and Nana's for lunch, and the kids can't wait to change into their regular clothes. Brad and Sophie have found that they fight less if they occasionally give this four-hour sacrifice to Sophie's parents as it doesn't seem to impact the rest of their normal day-to-day routine. This is the life of a typical typical cultural church family. So what stands out to you here in this family of the camps? No dedication. No
1: dedication. There's a lot of surface show that matters more to the grandparents being able to show up their Grandchildren
0: and making sure that their daughter is
1: the okay, so family are attending
0: Yeah, so there's the motivation there is more like to please the parents. Okay.
1: There's no connection to Jesus. <laughs>
0: what do you mean by that? Well they're
1: not going to worship him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not going to worship Jesus. Josh they're
1: going, they're going to put on a good show. Yep. They consider
2: it a four hour sacrifice instead of enjoying
0: it. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't say a two hour sacrifice. Because <laughs> I mean two hours is, is you know, it's pretty
2: hey, that's
0: Oh, that's lunch too, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gloria, did you have something to say?
2: Um I was kind of along the line with test, but yeah, no grass, no teaching probably can evaluate the type Okay. Yeah, Nick. The example of prayer that,
0: that child was giving is from the
1: preschool, not from the five.
0: The Johnny Appleseed prayer? Okay, so it's more just a re- repetitive prayer. prayer. Gunner?
1: I was just going to say one of the many things is they have a very individualistic view of life. They're very much focused on their own unit rather than in church or something.
0: They take part of what they view a lot of these things just from an individualistic perspective. Okay,
1: individualistic perspective. Yeah. Annie? Yeah, it's all the outside, the, the, the,
0: the peripheral. Mm-hmm. The show of the outside, and the, the clothes.
1: Doing the right thing, say a prayer at dinner, and go to church, and pop them in
0: air and yeah. the, You bought know, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy. I think
1: also that it shows an attitude that they're self reliant, they're their fine.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. No concern, maybe. Okay. So oh, yeah, no, Go ahead. I
1: feel like they can be spending almost too much time at church if their their hearts aren't in it. They're not going for the right reason. Like I remember Matt Chandler saying, "Church is a lame hobby." Mm. Get a church is <laughs> <laughs> a lake. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And
2: they're 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 kind
1: of wasting their time at church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to yeah. If that's the way they do this. That's sure. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, well, they, let's say like, let's let's look inwardly here. How many of you guys in the last, let's say the last two months, have woke up on a Sunday and been like, "Hmm, I gotta go to church today," and maybe weren't too excited about it. Anybody want to be honest, Kelly? Yes, Lundbergs. <laughs> <They're> the, <laughs> we're the only ones. Love it. <laughs> so this is a fictitious family, right, that Dean and Sarah use. But is this far from reality with a lot of families? Is this, do you think this is like a, just a one segment of, of a lot of different categories? Or do you think this is a pretty spot on replica of the American family? It clears our conscience. You mean like going to church clears our conscience? Yes. Uh like resets the conscience or
1: for for, for these, this type of dedication mm-hmm. it clears their conscience that they're doing the
0: right thing they're sending their kids to the right place where mm. like their their kids that's a good point. Like their kids are in good hands because right. they're being you know, they're going to these programs and Okay.
1: Yeah, I go to church.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, go ahead. I was
1: just gonna ask you, I can't really tell what the connotation is with like the grandparents, whether or not like this is a generational thing or that they're annoyed that like the grandparents are actually involved in like legitimately doing the thing. So I don't know if
0: Right, if it's just a pleasing thing 'cause they're parents or if the parents are like wanting the kids more involved because they're involved themselves. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I or if they're getting
1: Maybe. No. Well, I have a question about the grandparents. Is there involvement because of family relations? Well, I'm third generation. The generation,
0: that's yes, right. Exactly. Taught Sunday school for 30 years.
1: Yeah. Is that is cool because it's well as what I've been doing.
0: It's what I do. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nick, yeah. It seems to me that the grandparents, it is more of an enjoyable social hobby. Yeah. But then, of course, the younger generation was
1: interested in it just it's part of what the culture is going through. So, they might be.
0: yeah Yeah. so let me ask you this let's say the camp families um they park at fred meyer because they're in spokane and they have their church sticker on their car from the church they attend once a month and someone comes up to them and is like hey you go to this church that's great do you think the camp family would be uncomfortable discussing their faith oh yeah do you think so yeah. Just their faith in general. If if the camp family was in a parking lot, based off what we read here, right? They go to church once a month is, is good enough for them. They do the thing. If someone was like, "Hey, are you a Christian? Do you think that they would be uncomfortable responding to that?" No. I think they would discuss moralism and just
1: kind of give the culture like. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you guys ever been at a at a grocery store or, or not even gro- just anywhere and you, you've seen something like someone's wearing a crotch them and, and ask the question "Oh, are you a Christian you guys ever done that are you a believer and do you think the camps would say oh no 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 or would they be like yeah absolutely
2: okay.
0: yeah and then that's what I'm getting at I'm not forcing an answer here but this is this is it I mean it's like yeah absolutely amen I'm a Christian absolutely Well, listen to this quote from Dean and Sarah. He writes, Church is a place where basic social expectations are met in the name of morals, family, and tradition. This is understandable since the idea of church isn't linked much to belief in Jesus, Tess, that was your point, or any demand the scriptures would place on those who claim to be Christians. So the idea of church, namely the American church, isn't typically linked to belief in Jesus or an obedience or even a desire. For his word that's an interesting interesting remark see he brings up his point is is that cultural Christians are comfortable talking about their faith but at the God level I know that sounds weird right like well that's who we have faith in but no we talk about God yeah God and I are good he's my granddaddy in the sky I love God he loves people he's he's a great example he's a lover but Dean and Sarah argues that if you bring up the topic of Christ, salvation, sin, or the gospel, that's when they start wiggling a little bit. Does that make sense? So God, this using this word God just be kinda comes this, I just this nuanced word that they believe in. Gloria. I, I Like Jake from State Farm <laughs> What are you wearing Jake <laughs> Yeah, and I thought that was an interesting comment because it, it is it, it's uh it's almost like when you spot or when you buy a minivan And now you see the same minivan everywhere you're like oh, I bought the same car everybody has but you didn't notice that before one thing I want you all to see leaving today is when you when you're out in public and you're hearing conversations See how many people around you are saying that they believe in God or that they are a Christian, but there's very talk, little talk about Jesus or the gospel, and that is very interesting. Um, so let's take a look at the first church here in Acts, Acts chapter two, verses forty-two through forty-seven. Uh, will someone read that? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And- What are your thoughts on the church today being regarded or considered more of a place to meet social expectations rather than a, a being linked to Jesus? Yeah.
1: i back to last week's sermon, that there's no cost. Okay. There's no cost compared to here in Acts.
0: And that's probably where the consumerism comes into play, no cost. Well,
1: Acts,
0: so why, why is the church veered from what we see here in Acts? Like, What, what are your thoughts there? To where we typically see the church today where it's just a place to meet these social expectations. What do you mean by that? There's too there are too many people who are uncomfortable. Was not pleasing the self? Okay. I think you said it, it's the
1: cost is too high. It's not a cost I'm willing to pay. I got it. I've got other things I need to do, right? I've got other things I that make me feel I don't need another something to be dedicated to, i spent all my time doing, i got my career to pursue, I've got you know, my family to raise, I've got bills to pay, I've got their bills payment pay, bills pay. Speak, whatever, you know? The fun hobbies. Yeah,
0: the fun hobbies. Do you yeah. think that... What we're dealing with, um, and and this is again, there's there's multiple scenarios. So again, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking in broad brush terms. Do you think a lot of cultural Christians even know what the cost is? Yeah, I would I would say no because of what's being taught. Brought up in that situation, only
1: yeah. Hey,
0: Mm-hmm. their dad's a pastor they never see the bill because maybe they hold okay. it's just, it's as as Nate I think I was just going to echo that, that the perceived need that both this family and, and everything we is I don't see why I really
2: need this my life is comfortable I don't need someone to provide food for me I don't need the church in the same way that the Christians needed that fellowship needed salvation, needed those things. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I think today, too,
1: we've had this uh, society, has been taught, um, it's all about me, you know, you need to think of yourself, and so I think people are going to church looking at what they
0: can get instead of what they can get.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, so, yeah. You know, if they get something, they're not going to benefit from
0: it. <clears throat> right, go to church based on what they can get, yeah.
1: I think they are where now they a lot devoted to this team, pretty devoted to their schooling. So, like, they will give
2: them up in time. So they are counting the cost, but just to, the, to the wrong, to team, the wrong thing they're very willing to give up and sacrifice, uh, a, you know, a tournament that's
1: out of town on the
0: weekend. Yeah.
1: all summer. you know, cost of sales, food for the team, you know, it's, it's just the wrong group.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one thing I, I, one thing I saw that of reading in Acts too is, is it almost makes you wonder how, how little they think of being a Christian as a family, right? Like how many times do you, do you even hear that of well, we're brothers and sisters in Christ and a big part of going to church, yes, to glorify God. That's, that's why we go, but, but there's what brings some glory is that we're coming together as a family, that we're together. Everywhere you see in the scriptures, the people are together when they're worshiping. Right, And I think that we're losing that element, too, just even that that togetherness um, aspect versus, no, I, I label myself as a Christian. I'll see you all up in heaven, and we're good, um, and I'm going to go just do what I do. So, yeah, online church. And, and, and that, that's actually an interesting point because this topic is, is really interesting to do the time we're in because COVID has completely shaken everything up, as I'm sure most of you know. I mean— talking about this pre i mean this book was written before COVID happened and it's interesting to see all dean and sarah's points and if someone was maybe pushing back on him and being like nah you're taking this way out of context look what happened with COVID. i mean churches are struggling to get their people back because we gave them their home and sweatpants and amazing technology to watch the service and now they can feel good chuck their conscience is clear i watched the sermon while i was doing dishes Kids are playing Legos, and I'm good to go for another week. So very interesting to think about that. But yeah, in the the case of the camp family, so they're resolved, basically, that they're a Christian. They have their church sticker on their car. They go once a month, but they know that's justified because they know they have young kids. It's hard. They're tired. And and Sunday's really a special family day for them. They want to really protect that, right? So they believe in God. They go to church. And most importantly, they hold to a high moral standard. So, do you think, in this case, it would even cross their mind ever if they really weren't saved at all? You think they 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 stay up at night? Why not? They're not being challenged, or. No, no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Whatever checkoff list they have in their mind, they're like, boom, boom, boom. I'm I'm good. Josh. Well,
1: I mean, Jesus had the. Uh, young man comes in and says, What must I do to have the kingdom? And he basically gives me the Ten Commandments like you've got all those. And <laughs> you have to have to follow me. And that's the aspect of okay, are you willing to forsake everything else for me? Yeah. Are you willing to forsake your Sunday morning? Of the season? Are you willing to forsake that yeah you know, or are you willing to reschedule that for a different time?
0: Yeah.
1: and, and at that point where is your ultimate devotion?
0: Line? Why? Why
1: to moralistic
0: behavioral modification, mm-hmm. or is it like Jesus Himself? Yeah, you know it is interesting that there. <laughs> we could spend hours. I wish we had hours to do this, but there is a cost to following Christ. That is biblical. We know that. Do yourself a favor this week. Study everywhere in the scriptures where it talks about what the cost is. What is the cost, and and why is are there warnings everywhere about? Make sure. Don't be the guy that plans to build a building and halfway through tires out or it doesn't get completed. Well, what does that mean? And when you study that and go down that rabbit hole, it's fascinating, really fascinating, because the cost is high. The gift is there, right? It's easy. The uh, Grace is easy, but the, the cost is very high. So yeah, the camps, they, they go to church, they, they make an honest living, um, they pay their taxes, they vote conservative. Um, as a result, they're morally good people into society and you know prior to like really going through the study i'd always just beat up like you're not a good person are you a good person i ask my kids all the time are you a good person no and i'm like yeah that's right you're not yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna screw them up i know i am <laughs> teachers like why are they crying today at school
2: <laughs>
0: and and i calmed down a little bit from that and there is a fairness of of We got to see what standard are we are we rating by because if we rate by a social standard then yeah there are good people right that's fair we could say socially there's such thing as good people and i think that's that should be fair in society there's good people there's bad people but what happens though is when morality becomes the barometer of your overall christian health and status that's the danger and the trap that many fall into my christian status today is all based on how good of a person I've been or I am. And when we're the judge, how often do you think we really feel bad about ourselves or, or check up and be like, ooh, I'm kind of slipping? Probably not often, right? We, we kind of slide down the scale of, well, I've been getting into these bad habits. A little, but I'm still, I, I'm still better than Steve because, you know, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> So it's interesting, though, and this is a trap that I want you all to be aware of. It's easy for us to fall into it just as much. So claiming Christianity on the basis of morality or good deeds, it's a false gospel. And that's what I want the, the, the crux of this, this lesson this morning to be is to see it as a false gospel. So just as in the intro, first week, we we're talking about how um, we are to be missionaries to cultural Christians. So that was kind of the big shock truth, right? Of like, wow, I never thought about that. I always it in Spokane Valley we're to evangelize and, and you know people who don't believe in God like that's usually the the vision or, or Muslims or people of a different faith well cultural Christianity is its own religion so that was kind of the shock factor of week one of wow we actually should be evangelizing cultural Christians and not only that they're probably the highest percentage of people here in the mission field so shock factor one shock factor two is to see it as a false religion this is a religion and it is a false religion So it's considered religion of moralism, and I defined it here for you on your paper. Religious moralism is an emphasis on proper moral behavior to the exclusion of genuine faith. So it's basically putting faith in one's good deeds, your moral behavior, and using that as the benchmark of whether or not you're a Christian versus the righteousness of Christ, because that is where all the meat is, right? It's Christ's righteousness. That's what Christianity is about. It's about what he did. But that all gets lost with the religion of moralism because you're looking to yourself as, I'm a good enough person, so I am going to merit heaven. I deserve heaven. It's your works over Jesus. So it's kind of a trick question, are we saved by works? You know, No, no, but yeah, we are. But it's Christ's works. And it's a big thing to take away. You are saved by works. Just not yours and as the society mainly sees it. Because somebody had to do works to please God, fulfill the law, and that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And this isn't new as Paul addresses this. So look at Romans 10, 1 through 4. This is fascinating, right? This is those same things that pop up. We're like, we've seen this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago. Just rinse, lather, repeat. And here we are today struggling with the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Romans 10, 1 through 4. Paul says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, he's talking about the Jews, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge for being ignorant of the righteousness of God this is interesting and seeking to establish their own their own what yes so they're being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own righteousness they did not submit to God's righteousness for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes so is being a good person part of the gospel message No, it's not. It's not anywhere. But if if it's not a part of the gospel message and it even qualifies as a false gospel, then it should spark urgency in us when we're evangelizing. Anytime you talk to somebody, if you're engaged in a conversation and they're talking about they're a Christian because they're a good person, this is time for you to engage. This is a gospel opportunity because this is a false religion that you're dealing with. And I even have to kind of beat this through my head because I've just gone lax. I'm just like, I'm not going to deal with that. That's a, that's a big mess. (laughs) It's a big ball to unravel, right? I'm not going to try to convince this person. And it's a sensitive topic, right? You're not going to sit there and and please don't do this and go, well, you're not saved. Let's talk about it. But false gospels, my whole point is false gospels must be confronted, right? We know that like, We are to confront false gospels, and this is a false gospel, therefore it should be confronted. And we also see the the stern warning that Paul gives us as well about these false gospels compared to the gospel of Christ. He's pretty protective over it because there is only one. So let's look at Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 9. It says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Do you guys remember what they were turning to in Galatians? What the struggle was there with the, with the Jews, especially? Yeah. That. There was a part of it. There was a bigger one, though. Yeah. Jesus plus circumcision. Yes. Oh, okay. So Gentiles are being saved. And, the, the, you know, Israelite guys were like, hey, Mr. Gentile. Awesome. You're saved. This was my God. It can now be your God. That's fair. I don't like it. That's fair. But there's one thing you need to do to become part of the family. You need to get circumcised. And this is what was happening in the new church. And Paul's like, whoa, what is going on? No, 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 no. And the Israelites, you know, the Jews were like, no, yeah, this is good. Like, we, Jesus, great, gospel, great. We're all about the church. But no, these Gentiles, to become one of us, like they need to get circumcised. So this was a huge mess. It was a huge issue for Paul. And they just kept doing it over. They kept going back to this. And he was trying to explain to them, this is a work. You guys don't need to do this anymore. And they weren't understanding the value of Christ. So this is where we're at here when he's talking about um, how astonished he is that they're deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. All right, verse 7. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven, Mormons, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. This is taken pretty serious, right? Cultural Christianity is a false gospel that they cling to. Listen to this quote in Sarah writes This is on page 30 of the book. Um, and this hits hard. This is a great quote. American pastors are faced with a daunting task. To bring Jesus to a place where he is admired but not worshiped to bring Jesus to a place where he is admired but not worshiped where God is at grandpa in the sky where many of their congregants are good people who don't know they need to be saved like their New Testament counterparts from Matthew 7 you remember going through Matthew 7 last week they know religion but don't realize that their religion is the very thing from which they need to be saved from isn't that fascinating they're religious but they don't realize that their religion is the very thing from which they need to be saved from how in the world do you get someone to understand that it's scary stuff I try to imagine the faces of those calling Lord Lord when Jesus told him that they wouldn't be going to heaven their religious resumes were something to admire yet Jesus wasn't impressed he was outraged rather than calling them good people he called them lawbreakers To modern-day cultural Christians, just like the religious people in Matthew 7, the idea of being saved is unnecessary. After all, they are good people who live moral lives. Cultural Christians have faith, and they don't consider themselves atheists, but their God is a generic deity rather than the God of the Bible. Thoughts on that? David, it seems like... It's a good distinction, yeah. So why, if, if this is a false gospel, we know it's in scripture, we can look back in history, we see people falling into it. Why is it so appealing and pervasive to so many today? Why do you think? So it's, it's kind of like a human heart issue, right?
1: So your last question, You just you listen to the God that a lot of these cultural Christians describe, it's not, that kind of God is not written anywhere, anywhere. I mean, you've got weird religions with gods with animal heads and a thousand arms and stuff like that. You've got the God of the Bible, but you don't get no religion as a written text describing the God that cultural Christians claim to worship. So yeah. It's bogus anyway. Yeah, Nick. I think it's of this is false conversions because you've got pastors out there who are saying, Hey, come up say this in a prayer or raise your hand. No, you're a Christian. So what are you gonna do if you're not regenerated, mm-hmm. So you still have to do
2: something. Because mm-hmm. you do say this in a prayer it means you're you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. So then they fall into this
1: false religion because their hearts are never changed.
0: Yeah. yeah. And what else follows that usually? And I've I've said this to to kids in youth group when I was a young Christian, and don't you dare let anyone ever tell you right. that you're not saved. Because once saved, always save. Mm-hmm. That's of Satan. Mm-hmm. So if anyone comes to you and tells you, no, you're not, that's of the devil.
1: So they get baptized five times. They say the sinners prayer five more times. They walk out five
0: more times. Yeah. Uh Nate or Trevor.
1: I my question is, how much of this is genuine difference with
0: both? Right. It's a combo of both. You can be
1: around the churches.
0: Yeah, and that's on pastors, right? Mainly like the ignorance part and family and friends of not speaking up. Yeah,
1: Josh. One of the things that I want to with family and friends is that you can, they'll say, oh yeah, I hear Jesus with somebody. What does that mean? Oh, Jesus loves you. Or, oh, Jesus came to heal your brokenness. And then you start pressing them, "Okay, well, what is the gospel? And they'll say something. different. Yeah. And that's part of the problem is that these pastors and
0: people who
1: think that they're sharing their faith aren't actually sharing the gospel, even though they might personally believe it. So then, a generation down the line, the next generation doesn't believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, glory Sometimes you might want to work for your salvation rather than And so, if you don't really repent, yeah. Yeah. You know what I think about that, too? That's an interesting point. I think about it's easy to write, how good would you feel writing the big tithe check and dropping it off at the church, and then you, you don't have to go for a couple of months, right? Because, I mean, I'm, they're getting my money. That's what they want anyway. I've heard people say that. That was you? You said that?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, you look pretty.
2: <laughs> You're like, that was me.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy, got wrong. <laughs> So I don't tithe. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, keep, please keep tithing. Just come to church and tithe. What are you do? like, you have to,
1: a lot of people, whether it's willingly or unwillingly, following the mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. God, is you have to hit a point in your life where that faith God
2: has failed you, right? And you live in a society where it's really easy to follow faith
1: in fake things because we're not under heavy persecution. We faith in know, we're a very wealthy society, generally speaking, until, until you get pressed to the point where you're God fails you or you fail yourself. I mean, that's true of
0: almost
1: any religion of any kind. Yeah. We follow things until it fails us and that leaves there, you know, all your intents and everything. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah.
0: And Israel did the same thing, right? When I mean, they felt God wasn't doing a good job taking care of them in the, in the wilderness. Yeah, Josh. Uh just, that you know have this you know, feel-good message
1: uh, at the end of the day—it's end-of-topical. Uh, how can you apply this to your life? And that's that's kind of like trying—you know—you're you're not you're not living your life um, to model the gospel.
0: The gospel is trying to—they're trying to piece together things that to yeah. your life, make your life, better. yeah. They're making their own God. Right? Essentially, and, and that sounds harsh, but that's what's happened. Yeah, Kel. I
2: was just going to say, I can really like, empathize with every single category because I have been that all the things in I life. I'm brought up
1: in a Christian home, but I was just a Christian. That was my parents' faith. I did whatever I wanted to do, and, but I believed there was a God, but I didn't. And there's freedom, and so God got bigger, I got smaller. So, like, I how we started off this conversation. This isn't for us to feel
0: good about ourselves, and that has come back our church preaching the gospel. It should like humble us in such a way when we engage with people. Yeah. And to be compassionate, because that's been all of us. Yeah. Of our life. Yep. It is very complex. Very complex. Yeah, Gunnar.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, and something I'm hearing a lot is kind of it like it, even like what, what Jack said like about like checking boxes. Like it, I think it appeals to the very human tendency to control one's own destiny. That sounds grandiose, but what I simply mean is like, even the original sin, like it's this idea that I'm looking at something, and I'm
0: like, oh, I want to be able to control. Yeah, I can destiny. conquer it, or yeah, and yeah. moralism, it's, especially,
1: it's appealing to even the self. Like we somehow all all know that we need to be humble, and so. It, it creates a false sense of humility. Like, oh, well, I
2: just do this. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I, that, that's a sacrifice. And, but it's this control.
0: Yeah. I think it, that a sense that control. Of, um, I do this, do this. Yeah. yeah, and so it's all about perspective. That's where the hang-up is. And so let's, I'm going to illustrate through the lens of a, of a you know broad-brush cultural Christian how they see morality versus how the Bible defines it. And this is an interesting exercise because, like Kelly was saying, I've done this. Before right and these are things I didn't even know a decade after I was a Christian I didn't know about imputation I didn't know it was about Christ's righteousness and not my own Um, so let's look at the society side here this this chunk society this is through the lens of God the the interesting part the way society society looks at moralism being a good or bad person and most would say they're good right here's the here's the thing that changes everything right from the get-go what do you think goes here good we have good and bad. There's a starting line, the way they see themselves. What do you think that word would be? Good. Neutral. Okay. Neutral. Neutral. So this is interesting. So in their minds, every morning that you wake up, do a little big Nephilim guy here.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you guys see the Sasquatch sighting video? <laughs> They're real. <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. Okay, so whether you believe you're born in this state or you wake up every morning in this state, this is this is you go wrong from jump if you think this that we are neutral people right. and we're going to wake up and today I'm going to decide to be good or I'm going to decide to be bad or by three p.m. I'm going to get in fight with Kelly and I'm going to be bad and we'll make up and I'll be good. We th- there is no neutral state, right? So what are some things that society sees as good, being a good person? What are some some uh, volunteer? Okay. I'm going to just abbreviate these here. All right. What else? Recycle. <laughs>
2: That's
0: good. What's that? Tolerance. Yeah. Okay. What else? not doing crimes that's a good one or like not murdering people what else give me one more you're a good person if you have this attribute okay recycles the top answer survey says 100 points all right take care of family perfect okay what does society see as a bad person? What makes up a bad person? $10.
2: <laughs>
0: what, what'd you say? What'd you say? Uh, what, what else? They never recycle. <laughs> they throw those containers in the gray trash can. <laughs> they drive diesel trucks. Yes. <laughs> All right. What else? Murder. So. Our murder, our murderers, seen as bad people, or good people in society. Hopefully, bad, right?
2: All right.
0: What else? What else does society see as a bad person? Probably a Christian. judgment of someone. Close-minded. like
1: if
0: you're making a Okay. So. Based on society, where do these good people that do these things go? Heaven. And that's interesting. That's an interesting word, right? And we'll talk more about that here in a second. But they go to heaven, and they see this more as this. Right? Would you agree with me there? Getting to heaven is a reward because they've done this. But this is graded on a curve, right? Right? Do they think they have to hold all these things, maybe like 70% that's passing. So great on a curve. That's good. That helps. So when I mess up or want to do the things that I shouldn't for a month or so, then I'm I'm still within 70%. Okay. Where do bad people go? Yeah. They go to hell and this is seen as more, well, that's terrible. Uh, More of a punishment, right? So hell's a punishment. Heaven's a reward. Remember this word. This is interesting. All right. Let's go to the lens of God. Do we start here? Where do we start? Yeah. We're, we're dead. Actually, we're going to be this way. Ugh. The Nephilim's alive because they don't ever die, so. I don't even know if that's true. That's probably heresy, so. They're gone. Yeah. We're getting deep here. I like this. Okay, so we all agree. We start here. This doesn't exist, right? So this is, this is the starting point from God's lens. So what's good to God? Jesus. Oh, come on. Sunday school, give me... Of course, Jesus. But what's good? What are some good things? Attributes, deeds, obedience to what? Okay.
1: Okay. Seeking His glory
0: Celery.
2: <laughs>
0: what was that supposed to be?
2: <laughs>
0: celery, glory. God glories in celery.
2: Thank you, Luis.
0: Celery is a holy vegetable. Okay. So I think, would this be fair to say that we could say the, the Ten Commandments, right? Do you think that's good in God's sight? It's the moral law, right? So, where do people go that are bad? So, if you start here, then are you saying that your immediate path just from birth is hell? How dare you? Where do these people go? And they get to be with who? Jesus. Do you see the difference of these words? Cultural Christian will never say that. They go here because here it's about them seeing their, you know, Fido, their dog that died 20 years ago, their 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 uncle, aunts, moms. What are we excited about to go to, to, to heaven for? To see Jesus. Jesus, yeah. So if this is the case, then how how if we start here, then how are we saved?
1: Jesus.
0: Yes, and this is, and I'm I'm honestly not belaboring this at all. I did not know this for 10 years of being a Christian, and it blew my mind when I found out, but this whole idea of imputation, right? So not just Jesus, because Jesus is talked about all the time. Well, yeah, Jesus, you know, but he took these on. Jesus didn't recycle, right? So Jesus is here. We're dead. Then what happens? We're born again, right? But we're... (laughs) <laughs> we start recycling and eating celery. Okay, so this is, does this make sense? This is huge. This is a huge distinction from what most people in America who say they're Christian would probably think on these on the cultural side of things. And here's the big difference too. So we talk about heaven and Jesus. The difference, punishment. You know, they'll see this as well. It's your punishment, right? Which is not false. It's true. We see it more as judgment, right? And justice is a part of that for sure. But here's the big thing. Do you remember this word here, reward? What's this word over here? Who said gift? You get celery. Good job. You guys, these are huge distinctions. Remember these words. Reward. Reward gift because we don't deserve it we didn't do anything to get this to be born again into new people okay so next point we're getting fancy here hold on hold on all right you guys are so easy to please I love that this is great wow you guys are easy okay the scale the scale of morality dun-dun-dun Okay, so society. How do they see this? Who who's down here on the bad side as a person? For Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler. Okay, Hitler. Maybe maybe Satan. Right. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Wow! Shots fired. I'm I'm okay with that though.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: who's over here? obviously me obviously Dave <laughs> mother Teresa who said that good one yes because I, that yes good one you get I don't know how to spell Gandhi so we'll just do a G <laughs> Taylor Swift yeah T Swift she, she's over here on her own she's in a cloud <laughs> Nobody messes with T Swift.
2: I uh, think
0: Yeah, so so where are you? you know, you're 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 here. This is me by the way. That's you. What's the problem with this? Well, not <laughs> Not in in general, not like what's just the problem? Yeah.
1: Subjective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I cut you off on the road. You're putting me over here. Right? you raise my Disney bill again. You're going here. <laughs> okay. How does God see it? Good.
1: Jesus.
0: God, Jesus. Okay. Who's here? Yeah. Yeah. This is all. And this is, this seems this, like I said, this may seem like, okay, but this is, people don't know this and this is huge. Remember Sprawl did this as a as an example. He brought people up. You know, he said, okay, you're Hitler, I'm sorry, but you're Hitler. Where does Hitler stand? Everyone's like, oh, this side of the stage. Over there. He's like, okay. So then he brings up the, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul. Where does the Apostle Paul say? Oh, he's over here with Jesus. So, you know, they put Paul over here. And it's like you see this gap. And that is not that's not the case. We cannot give any inch into thinking that we are this word. Because we're not. Um, I have some videos from some street interviews that really help to um, highlight this. I'm going to play these, just really germane here to this topic. Don't look at my password. Okay, thoughts. What are some common things you saw or heard? Morality. Morality. They know
1: how to invoke the name of Jesus, right?
0: uh, yeah he died for sins didn't he because a lot of people have heard that in america yeah Yeah, language is a big thing that's what i wanted to point out too this is i want to get better at this as we are motivated to evangelize is i love how ray comfort calls out the the verbiage they would use you know well what are you going to do about it well i just need to ask for forgiveness honestly previously i'd be like yeah you do that's great and he's like no that's not going to do anything it's not going to do anything i love his example if you stand before a judge and just ask for his forgiveness like something that's not gospel gospel is something has to take that place right um so verbiage is huge so i hope this this helps to kind of sink in the biggest takeaway this morning is it is a false religion of this moralism and it is huge. It's, it's rampant in our society. It's rampant here in Spokane Valley. Um, pray. Pray for God to um, check your heart in this whole thing, but pray for, for boldness in evangelizing at GCF as that we can be out making disciples. These are everywhere, everywhere in conversation. So I hope that encourages, uh, encourages you there. Two great books. Uh, if you want to touch up on this um, from Marcy Sproul, these little booklets here, Are People Basically Good. This is exactly what we talked about this morning. You could read this in under an hour. It's fantastic. And it'll give you so many other places to go. And then what does it mean to be born again? John 3, 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again to enter the kingdom. What does that mean? We'll talk about that in future sessions. So great books are here in our bookstore. Let me pray. Father, we, we just thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for this, this amazing gospel that doesn't make any sense, this gift. God, help us to understand this. Help us to let this... Just circulate through our hearts. God, change us. We pray for our service this morning. We pray for Pastor Jeff as he's labored over the text. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. We need it. In Jesus' name, amen.